Hi, my name is Dan Slofer. I'm the senior pastor at Crosswalk Church here in Levine, Arizona, and I'd like to welcome you to our message for today. Uh, we are starting a new message series entitled, What's Your Why? And as we think about this, this what's your why, it's finding fulfillment in life and, and finding fulfillment specifically in God's purpose for us. So the question, I guess, maybe as we start is, do you feel in your life that you have fulfillment and purpose or, or and maybe even, are there times when you feel like being successful or being fulfilled is kind of an itch that you just can't scratch? And sometimes for me, what, what that's like is I, I think of what I want my life to be like is when I go for a hike in the morning and I start out at the the base and I get to the top and I know I've accomplished it, that, that I've accomplished what I set out to do. But life isn't necessarily like that for me. What, what it seems like more often than not, it's like hiking out of the Grand Canyon. And if you've ever hiked out of the, the Bright Angel Trail on, on the Grand Canyon, it always seems like you're just about to the top. And then once you get over a little bit of a ridge, there's another one and it just keeps going and going and going. And for me, it seems like life is like that. When you think of, of like kids who are like, man, if once I just get into kindergarten, I'm gonna be uh, so happy and have so much fun. And, and then once they're there, they're like, once I learn to read or once I get to middle school or, or once I get to high school and once they're in high school, they say, I can't wait until I'm out of school and I can't wait until I, I get the job. And then it's, I, I can't wait until maybe I, I get meet the right person or get married or whatever it is. And it always seems like happiness and being fulfilled is always one step away that, that we look forward to it we think the thing that we're pursuing is going to, to give it to us, but it's just so elusive and, it, and even moments of happiness, they seem fleeting, like they're there for a period of time, but then unrest comes back in and, and always an analysis, have I reached this place in my life where I'm, I'm happy or content or fulfilled in my life? And a lot of times it, it's, it can be answered in the question by simply saying, if I had blank or if I accomplished blank, then I would be fulfilled. And in my life is every time I've, I've put something in that blank and achieved it, it always turns into another blank and, and looking for something else. So that is what this is about. It, it, this, message is, this message series is how do you find that and how do you reach that? And where we're going to start today is, is learning from someone else's mistakes. I don't know if I would call it mistakes as much as I would say learning from someone else's pursuit maybe would be a better way of saying it. And I'm going to read to you from Ecclesiastes. But when, when you hear this, I want you to imagine that these words were written by Elon Musk. They, they weren't but they were written by the Elon Musk of his generation, by the richest person, most successful person, the most accomplished person, the person whose, whose name everyone would have recognized as being brilliant and forward thinking and, and accomplishing so much. And this is what the author of Ecclesiastes wrote. I devoted myself to search for understanding 
and to explore by wisdom everything being done under heaven. I soon discovered that God has dealt a tragic existence to the human race. So when you, you look at those words, again, it was maybe it's all about understanding. It's about wisdom. And what he realized is, what's the saying? Ignorance is bliss. That just knowing more actually can make you more miserable. So we went a different route. I said to myself, come on, let's try pleasure. Let's look for the good things in life. But I found that this too was meaningless. And the word meaningless there means it was fleeting. It was like a breath. It's like, and it's gone. And that made me think of the, the vacation I was on this summer. Looking forward to it, looking forward to it, looking forward to it. And all of a sudden, once you go on it, it's like, where did all the days go? And, and all of a sudden, I'm back, and I'm back at work, and it's just a, a distant, fleeting memory that it just doesn't last. And pleasure is like that, and, and that's what he found. So third, he said, I also tried to find meaning by building huge homes for myself and by planting beautiful vineyards. And he goes on and, and he talks about all the other different building projects, uh, improvements that he did. But as I looked at everything I had worked so hard to accomplish, it was also so meaningless, like chasing the wind. There was nothing really worthwhile anywhere. And so that, that as you look at this, this was probably most likely King Solomon who wrote this, that even with his building projects of maybe thinking things that would last, that he realized nothing that he built would last forever. And, and people probably didn't even appreciate everything he went through in all of his accomplishments. And so when you hear this, I think it's important is that if, whether you consider yourself like, my life's a train wreck and it's just, I, it's just so horrible, or whether you're like, man, I, I feel like I'm close, that even the most successful people, and, and it's in our society today too, even the most successful people have difficulty with significance. And it's why you will find people who seem like they're at the top they're at the top of their profession. They're at the top of whatever it is uh, that their field or industry is. And they are so lonely there and so unfulfilled. And, and now that the journey is over, uh, they, they take their own lives or, or, or they, they just burn out and self-destruct. And understand that this is not what God wants for you. And so there are all these other paths. Now, this is also described for us in, in the New Testament, in the book of Ephesians, chapter 2. And this is when the Apostle Paul is writing about ways that people try to find fulfillment. And this is what he said. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. And in these words, I hope you see it, it's similar to what Solomon wrote. But when he said that, that what happens with, with people who, who are going away from God or, or are trying to find fulfillment in themselves, 
or, or maybe even saying, I'm going to look deep inside myself, that their desire is to satisfy the cravings of the flesh. That, that they think the way to find happiness is to just feed it, to feed whatever want that I want. But the problem is, is that appetites, when you feed appetites, all you do is make the appetite bigger. That the more food you eat, the more alcohol you drink, the more whatever it is, it just makes a, an appetite for even more in our lives. And so it, it's this, what happens I think so many times is people turn then, it almost becomes more self-medication or a salve for your wound by trying to find things that make me feel good at least for a moment about where I am in my life. The Apostle Paul and God offers something completely different. And he goes into verse 4 and this is what he said. He says, but because of his great love for us, but because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions it is by grace you have been saved. I think Rick Warren said it best in his book, The Purpose Driven Life. The very first line of his book is, is gold. And it is, it is not about you. Wow. Your life is not about you. And what happens in our lives, if you're like me, my life is all about me. That whenever I look at the, what's going on in the world, I look at it through a context of what does this mean for me? It's not about you. And Jesus, I think his words when he said, but seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be given to you as well. And in essence, what he was saying is if you seek happiness in your life, if you put yourself first, if you put yourself at the, the center of your life, you will neither find godliness nor happiness. If, if you seek happiness, if you seek yourself as first in the center of life, you will neither please yourself nor please God. But when you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, when you pursue godliness, happiness will then find you. Fulfillment is not something you go looking for, but fulfillment is, it, it comes looking for you. And so it's in this, how is this? Because of his great love for us, God. After all the stuff we're talking about with us, God is going to show this with his great love for us and through his grace. Now he goes on, the next verses we're going to look at are verses 8 and 9. It's going to sound like I'm repeating it. As he says, it's by grace you've been saved. But in verse 8, this is what, what Paul writes. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. And so in, in the midst of this, that he's trying to tell each and every one of us that if you are looking for fulfillment by what you do, 
you're always going to be disappointed. But when God is at the center of your life, you find fulfillment in what he has done for you. And he says in a number of different ways. It's like five or six times in this verse where he's saying, it's not about what you do. But the beginning, the first step, the first step, I guess I I would say, of, of finding fulfillment is to realize it's not about you. But the second step then of fulfillment would be to say it is about God's unconditional love for you. And so he says it's by grace, which is undeserved love. It's, it's not by what you do. It's by faith. This is not from yourselves. It's the gift. It's a gift from God. It's not by work so that no one can boast. The first way to think about fulfillment in your life is stop keeping the record and the trophies of all the accomplishments that you've done in hopes that God or others will look at you and pat you on the back and that will be enough to say, you know what, maybe my life has been good. But instead, he says, look to Jesus and and you will find out what it means to be loved unconditionally. Now, when I think about unconditional love, you you might like these examples or not, but, but this is what I think of. Number one, sorry, new grandpa, I, I, I just think about it all the time. And that is every day I look forward to my daughter sending me a Snapchat of my grandson. And every picture she sends is precious. I don't care where he is on the growth chart. I don't care about where he is compared to other um, five, six-month-old kids. I don't care about any of that stuff. That I love him unconditionally. I love him because he is my grandson, period. Not trading him for a better model if that existed, which it doesn't. Because that's that's what happens when you're loved unconditionally. The other possible example, and again, if you don't like it, you can come up with your own, but the other unconditional is I see is I, I see it in animals and specifically, I would say, in, in dogs, in, in the dogs in my house at least. There is nothing I can do to make my dogs not want to be close to me. Every time we, we come home, they, they act like they haven't seen us in a month. They, are, they want to be close. Every time I sit down, they come up next to me on the couch. Every time we go to lay down, they want to jump in the bed with us. And it's like all they want, all they want is to be close, close to me. All God wants is to be close to you. And it's not based on what you've done. It's not based on your list of, of accomplishments. It's because of him. He loves unconditionally, not by works. All these things, so enough of the boasting, enough of the talking about yourself. You want to find fulfillment and a never-ending subject of greatness? Talk about your God. That is why praise and worship are such a great gift from him, is they remind us of how good he is, and he welcomes us to join in that as his children. The final words then, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We're handmade by God. We're good work machines. But that's not what gives us our worth. 
Our relationship with Jesus gives us the worth. And now in our lives, we have this opportunity to do all the things that, that God has in mind for us. Another verse that, that I chose here, just because I, I love it, 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 it's the same vein, is this. I have been crucified with Christ, so I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So now, all of a sudden, my life is different. It, it no longer is the measure by which I'm going to be accepted, either by people or by God. That's already been done for me through Jesus. Now my life, now my life is a way that God can show his greatness. And, and in, in addition to all the other things that, that he has done for me, and he's done in this world and in this universe and all those things, Another one is in your life and in my life that I serve him in a very unique way and you serve him in a very unique way simply being what he made you to be. Being loved unconditionally, having, having seen this great love, each one of us not to be measured against each other but rather each of us a reflection of God's grace. And that's why I, I have this, this written down, just it captures it. I, I struggled with the wording of this, but exploring God's eternal purpose in making you is the adventure of every newly created life in Jesus. And so exploring God's eternal purposes in making you is your adventure. Do you see how that's different now? Your life now, I, I love that picture and the word I chose was adventure because now my life is this huge opportunity to see how God made me, especially for all these other works that he has in mind. And so today, I, I hope you find this the beginning, that the message series is not meant to end the discussion, but it's meant to begin the discussion that it's meant to start by, by pointing you away from yourself and to Jesus and then be able to look at your life not as the measure of whether I'm accepted or not, but this awesome opportunity I have to show Christ's love in my life. I hope you join us next week because we're going to continue to explore this and I think that as you see that, as you see that, that you are God's masterpiece, his handiwork, that you will be able to see him at work in your life. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, we thank you that, that you have brought us into your kingdom, that you love us unconditionally, and we thank you that we have this itch we can't scratch. When we, when we try to make our lives all about us, it, it, it ultimately leads to dissatisfaction, anxiety, depression, hurt, all those different things. But Lord, we thank you that you also show us unconditional love. You show us your grace. And Lord, help us to, to first of all, just stand in that and, and, and to learn to be loved unconditionally by you. And then, Lord, in our lives, help us see it as this great opportunity we have for others to see your greatness in us. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. 
Lord, look on you with favor and give you peace. Amen.